0: Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, just a heads up before we get into today's show. Uh, this podcast, when we recorded, the mic that I was using did not record very well for whatever reason, technical difficulties. Um, So when I speak in this podcast, it does uh, sort of go in and out a little bit. I just wanted to give you guys the heads up um, to expect that. It's still fine. You can still understand everything. And both Nick and Glenn's mics are both working perfectly. So persevere. If it is a little bit annoying, I do apologize. It pleases some really, really great content. And Glenn's story is amazing in this. So stick with it. It is a great episode. Thank you all. Peace out. Welcome back to the Woke Blokes Podcast. Nico, first in, best dressed. <laughs> what, what the bloody hell does that actually mean?
1: Uh, it's just the, 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 the running theme, isn't it? First in, I don't know. It's, uh, if you're first into the store, perhaps, then you get the, the, pick, of, the pick of the best produce.
0: The best, the best sales or something? Cause yeah. It's, it's not like first in, best produce.
1: It's not. It's best dressed. Why is it specifically dressed?
0: If I get there first, I'll get the best option of what's available at this certain thing.
1: Yeah, maybe dressed is just a metaphor
0: for produce. Yeah, so dressed can be anything really. Yeah, So first in, best anything.
1: Yeah, well that sort of deflates it, doesn't it? (laughs) We've
0: got another guest today.
1: Yes, we do. Uh, We have Glenn all the way from down the Mornington Peninsula. G'day, Glenn. G'day. How's it going? Thanks for coming in, mate. No worries, mate. So, Glenn's a uh, MindFit client who, as I checked before, sort of first came in nearly 12 months ago to the dot. So, yeah. Well, that's gone quick. It has gone. And slow. (laughs) (laughs) It's ebb and flowed. You (laughs) you, you should have been here for the last (laughs) podcast, two, two podcasts ago.
0: It's weird like that. I have times where I'm like a week will feel like forever then six months feels so fast yeah I have that in in patches of like ten minutes yeah (laughs) yeah yeah same and you're you're doing the intermittent fasting we were just chatting before I turned the mics on which I'm always interested in people's diets and their health and that kind of thing so you've been doing that for how long probably
2: maybe a year a year nearly probably eight months something like that yeah Yeah. and
0: that's eating between 12 so midday and 8
2: yeah so I don't eat till till lunchtime yeah um and usually yeah till 8 o'clock sometimes i stray after 8 depends on what i'm doing but my oh, my non-negotiable is no food before 12 what yeah. time what time are you gymming? i try and train mid morning so that's probably the best window to train just before the fa- before i break the fast mm-hmm. so if i can train at 10 Eleven and then eat after that. Yeah, that's the best best we know for training in terms of the intermittent fasting.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. When when I did it, um, you have that thing in your head, and I'm like, you can't just work out without having food in your stomach and that kind of thing. But that's just purely mental because it was it's yeah. fine working out that way.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of people tra- that train really early in the morning struggle with that because the blood sugar levels are so low, and the, with strength training, that's obviously makes things difficult. But I have a coffee usually, um, and that'll give me. A, a pep up, I can, you can have coffee. How yeah,
0: do uh, you have your
2: coffee? Just black. Yeah. Just yeah. a black coffee, um, no sugar and that's enough to sort of get me through till midday um, and I have me little special concoction first thing in the morning which I call the youth elixir which Ooh, is... Um, tell us more. Um, <laughs> so that's first thing that's... Glen's actually if, 105. If, if it's legal, yeah, Benjamin Button. <laughs> 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 oh, we weren't going to talk about that were we? The legality, so. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just water and, Um, apple cider vinegar with lemon juice and salt so Himalayan rock salt How do you you put the salt in? I just um, What? I just basically use one of those grinders and and it dissolves, all right? Yeah. Not really. No, it's yeah. so you're on grinder, and yeah. you. No, no. What? I'm lost. We weren't going to talk about grinder either. I'm lost. <laughs> the
0: youth elixir. You get on grinder. Yeah. <laughs> you meet up in the back alley.
1: Someone brings it over. Some- someone
0: brings their own elixir. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so yeah, you're laughing at me, Nick. But there's a reason I asked the sub question because I've I do the the salt and the lemon juice in the water in the morning as well but it was really frustrating me that i couldn't get the bloody salt to dissolve but the body's always at the bottom yeah it's at the bottom of yeah. crunchy salt at the bottom so i made a, a, a it's called a sole s-o-l-e yep and basically you get like a jar and it's filtered water and a jar which is you know glass not plastic or anything and you add as much uh, of that himalayan salt as you can and it will absorb into the water and you keep adding it for a couple of days until The water is fully like i can't take on any more salt yep and so i just put like a couple of tablespoons of that in so that's sort of my solution to it
2: yeah that's that's complicated i like it but i normally just (laughs) when it's right the (laughs) the last little bit of the water i just give it a stir and a swill and then i try and swallow it that's (laughs) complicated
1: can't can't you just go to the bloody hospital and get some (laughs) some saline Saline. yeah some saline well you
0: could now now that i'm actually saying it out aloud it sounds a bit stupid to be honest so well, you, I, on, so this, you this, just do lemon juice and salt, no apple cider vinegar. Correct. Oh, there's two, so, there's so I've got some sort of
2: <laughs> shitty imitation of your elixir. <laughs> yeah, no, you've got to put the, lem- the apple cider vinegar in because that'll give you the bit of a You've got the budget elixir. Yeah, yeah. I have, haven't I? have yeah. mm. got
0: the so black and gold version.
1: There's, there's, two, there's two contrasting things to what I've heard. A, we're meant to have less salt in our diets, but you guys are putting more salt in. And I thought you needed food in the morning to get your metabolism going. That's yeah. something that
0: I've heard. So that's yeah, it's it's inter- there's been so much more recent science now. Even it's debunked the whole because we had this thing. If you want to keep your metabolism up, eat five or six small meals throughout the day. So yeah. I, and that's meant to keep things burning, but that's um, completely been debunked now. So it's apparently because it would say that the theory was that you would that the starvation response in our body would start, so that your metabolism would start to slow down. That just eats
1: the muscle, doesn't it?
0: The starvation mode slows down your metabolism and starts holding on to fat, yeah, right. and it will burn muscle because fat um, it goes into is higher survival. energy. It goes into so intermittent
1: mode. fasting, isn't that?
0: No, so yeah, but here's what I'm saying. This is what the thought was, but yeah. they found the starvation response doesn't actually kick in. I think it's for two weeks mm. without eating instead of just overnight. So, it's, right. so that's been debunked. So your body can still use your fuel from the day before without a problem. So how
1: can we trust in science then?
0: Well, I think science is. Every single scientific finding or paper should be like, this is what we found, like, this is the best w- yet. With an asterisk. With an asterisk, yeah. like, until And then
2: say, well, someone, until someone tries it, and then say, well, it works. I mean, it's all right on paper, but... Yeah. Think but there's,
1: there's all the, the latest research, and I've and, you know, covered this before, and latest science and the latest evidence suggests...
2: Is that, is that they? Yeah. Who's they?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah Who exactly. are you?
2: Who the fuck are you?
0: Some dude in a lab coat. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's right. It's like, this is our best you know what we've found yeah but even those things that might work for a percentage of people and like you said glenn like try it yourself like mm. I get people all the time they're like well should I should I try this type of meditation or do that mm. I'm like fucking try them all yeah. and see how you go yeah, it's like supplements
2: different. too. supplements some supplements don't work for people go oh, I tried buddy Rob D Castella's Centrum 50 plus and was crap I'm like, oh I did you yeah well, well it was good for me yeah and that's the same thing you know some people body don't deal with Certain supplements, so you got to try it. I mean, since I was 18, I've tried all those, you know, the the drinks and the the protein shakes, and you try all the stuff that comes out, and um, you just go, well, that was no good. I didn't. I hate the pre workouts. I can't take pre workouts. Does made in, it makes me go all antsy and twitchy, and I can't stand it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So all those, uh, the amount of, you know, we get a lot of guys coming in here who are uh, um, just wired on bloody pre-workout. Mm. They might come in, they might have had like, you know, some sort of drug problem if they're coming in here and it's like, yeah, I'll stop using drugs, but I'm still so I'm anxious all the time. I'm <laughs> yeah. having trouble sleeping. <laughs> yeah. One one client uh, he's like, I'm like, tell me about what you're doing throughout the day. And he goes, Well, you know, I get up in the morning, I have my pre-workout, go to the gym. I'm like, all right, tell me what pre-workout you're having. Jacked. So we get it up. <laughs> we get it up on the, I looked it up on the phone to get the nutrition panel. I'm like, yeah. how much do you have? He goes, I have two and a half scoops. It's bloody awesome, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, okay the amount of caffeine in two and a half scoops of this is the equivalent. This isn't including the other stimulants that are in there. It's equivalent to 21 cups of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he's like, what? And he's looking it up and he goes, I also have two double shot coffees a day. I'm like, all right, you're up to 25 coffees wow. a day.
1: And I and I, dro- I consume it with a Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No wonder you're done know a mo- mother, jacked. A mother
2: can, a 440 mil mother can. <laughs> but um, that original jacked had, had um, meth in it. Mm. And they had, you know, the... The original formula, so people um. were getting jacked on jack on jack on jack. <laughs> right,
1: so are you are you going to s- promote um, any supplements or anything at your gym that you're
2: launching? Gratuitous plug coming up, yeah. True protein, fantastic protein, clean protein. So we only sell true protein. Who's say we true. When you say We, we, 12 rounds. Twelve rounds fitness.
1: Yeah. Twelve rounds. Is is that which suburb is that in?
2: Carum Downs. Carum Downs. Yeah. Right. When's that? When's that opening? Well, it will probably open in hopefully within the next couple of months. Okay. It's uh, just setting up the um, the gym now, so yeah. um, in that with a um, couple other people, we're getting that set up and. um yeah, so it's a Danny Green. Yeah, Danny of. Green co-owns the franchise. Yeah. Um, and so he's got his own club in Scarborough, where he's originally from, and um. I think it's about seventy clubs nationally, and they have just going international. So I think they're opening in. So from memory, I think Singapore. Um, oh, you're going to open up the Bali one. New Zealand. Um, so yeah, definitely going international, and um, so it's um, yeah, it's this. I think it's the biggest boxing
0: gym franchise in the world. Um, and how do they work? So is it a lot of obviously not just boxing, other exercises as well, but it's based around the, the twelve round yeah, kind of principle. Yeah, that's right. So
2: it's based around the twelve rounds. Um, um, you know, you've got your twelve rounds of boxing and three minute rounds. Um, it's a combination of strength workout, high interval training, and um, the, the boxing. The boxing. So you got the bag. So there's probably in any given workout, it changes every day. The workout um, in any given workout, you might be doing three or four boxing type exercises, bag work, pads. Um, and then you might do some stuff on the kettlebells and some um, strength work and then we've got a sled track. We might be pushing a sled. So it's it's hard, Yakka, forty five minutes and it's pretty well, intense. I can imagine. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I did some um, boxing training when I was about eighteen, nineteen and um, yeah, I'd never been so fit in my life. It was that an actual boxing gym, but that would the same principle you'd work the three minutes then yep. rest for a minute and whether you were on the bag or pads or skipping, it'd work on that kind of rotation. Yeah. But um, I got down there, I was like, you know, 18, felt like I was a pretty fit kind of dude. Mm. And they're like, all right, so we're doing a um, just a bit of a run to warm up. It was like a two-kilometer run, so I'm knackered after the run already. <laughs> then it's skipping for rounds, and I'm like, now I'm more knackered. And then the bag, and then the, they got me in the pads for one round. Those pads, yep. man, I finished the round and had to go and dry reach in the sink. <laughs> and it's like, first <laughs> time there, so I'm trying not to let anyone see. I'm like, you are all right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, man, yeah, after about six months of that, though, like, Jesus Christ, I was fit. Yeah.
2: It's um, yeah, you can see why they're in good shape, and I think the whole concept of and with Greening being involved, it's it's the whole concept of you know, he's won four world champions, and it's to train, train like Danny Green trained and uh, train like an athlete to, to look like an, and feel like an athlete. Yeah. So it's based around that.
1: So, what how do, how do fat boxes exist then? Because you see a lot yeah, of fat, Bigger boxes. weight classes, <laughs> Bigger okay. weight
0: classes, yeah, just just diet. I saw a funny meme
1: the other day, it was like, um. Uh, fat blokes uh, This is our time And it had The picture of Thor From the latest Avengers movie Where he's got a beard And he's fat He's let himself go And then it had The new heavyweight yeah. Who beat Yeah I saw that uh, What's his uh, name Andy Ruiz Yeah yeah, yeah
0: There was yeah. another meme Of um, you know, DJ Khalid Yeah the, the, and, and he was It's just a picture of him With a, a shirt Unbuttoned down To his, his stomach And it's like all the fat dudes with their pride after Andy Ruins like, <laughs> the brunch yeah. on the Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think some of those guys are just like ridiculously um, cardiovascular fit, yeah. but they're just eating so many calories, they're still holding a lot of fat.
1: Yeah. And yeah. it's like body types and everything as well. Body types as
0: well. Yeah. I mean, plus, if you can be like, I suppose, cardiovascular fit enough, that can be like a bit of a extra padding around the, mm, the midsection. Yeah. It reminds me of the, um,
2: the Once Were Warriors too much weight. it's not yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jake the muss. No.
1: So uh, all these people are going to be spending 45 minutes on their physical health. And it, once again, it, it alarms me how bugger all people are spending time on their mental health. So, I mean, I know you feel good after you train because the nice endorphins and everything. But that sort of wears off as the day moves on. So, yeah, it's... uh Men, Men's Health Week this week. So I think what we want to do today is to promote the importance of training your body, but also training your mind and learning how to think. And I think it's, it's poignant it's time um, you know, to get Glenn in and talk about his journey and what, what the 12 months has been like for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I even want to maybe just start off uh, delving a little bit before the 12 months and that kind of thing, because um, you were a police officer in the past, Glenn. Yep. And I'm, I'm quite fascinated just to hear from your perspective about the you know mental health challenges that can come from being a police officer because i often you know you hear a theory it's like a lot of cops i suppose are seeing kind of the worst parts of humanity yeah you know like we're seeing people who are fucking up doing the wrong thing people who are in pain themselves and then projecting that pain on others so i feel like it would really give you maybe a distorted view of the world as well by being exposed to that so often.
2: Yeah, it does. I I describe it as seeing people on the worst day of their life, all day, every day, yeah. because they only ring us when they need something and it's shit, it's the fan. The shit, it's the fan they call us. Um, and I guess when you are subjected to that daily.
1: Plus the night shift and day shift and the shift work.
2: Yeah. And it's not just the jobs that you go to. Um, it's the the people you're working with that have got the same mentality, so you're always you've got and it's not their oh not their fault. I was in the same situation. I was negative you're negative because you're seeing negativity all day every day. your guy you're sitting next to in the in the mm-hmm. in the van has got the same negative mentality. You go back to the police station and everyone's got the same negative mentality or mindset and if you're in a situation where you go home to a negative um, situation i.e. a negative or a toxic relationship um, it's hard to pull yourself out of that well there's no break is there no
1: and I, I imagine people by and large aren't that happy to see a police person turn up to something because they're usually doing the wrong thing so there'd be you, there's no red carpet rolled out for you and oh thank, thank god you're here it's usually oh what the fuck are you doing so there's lots of negative
2: push yeah you. and I think There's no more like the old days. The police police were there to help you, and there was victims. And you know, I joined I joined the police to help people. Essentially, realistically, like that's what you do. You join the police force to help people but there's it's not that type of job or that type of role anymore you're not there's no victims most jobs you go to they're both as bad as one another yeah and you're trying to work out which one's more of a more of a shithead than the other one (laughs) (laughs) um and a lot of family violence stuff and it's massive like you subjected to massive amounts of family violence massive amounts of conflict massive massive amounts of um mental health issues psychotic um, people having psychotic episodes and daily you're taking people to the emergency department to get assessed mm-hmm. um, based on them having a having a uh, psych episode.
1: And the people you're encountering, they're, they're as you said, they're, they're lots of mental health issues and so they're rarely present and they're rarely lucid or rarely in a position where they can work with you. They? They're, they're not, you're not going to go, mate, come over here, stop doing that. Oh yeah, okay, no worries, mm-hmm. sorry mate. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be, fuck you.
2: Yeah, and our, our I guess our parameters are, oh, did he say he was going to kill himself? Yeah, 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 he did. Oh, he said that to me. All right, mate, let's go. We've got to go to ED. We've got to get you assessed. And that was it. Yeah, right. Nothing else. Yeah. yeah you say, did anyone hear him say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, Off we pop. Yeah. And it's an ass-covering exercise in terms of, well, we're going to, mate, just think, oh, what if he does? Well, well we'll take him there and they can decide whether he's going to and we, we sign him off to them and then they they're normally out the door... They're out the door before we even get out of there, as well, because yeah. you know they'll say, "No, he's not going to do it." He was in here yesterday saying the same thing. Well, well, know, who, yeah, who knows? You, you've who knows? That you
0: come into a situation, you just have this really small snapshot mm. of something that's happened, and mm. you've got to try and make a decision. Hang on, who, who's in the right? Like you said, who's more in the shit here yeah, than yeah. the other person? Yeah, I, I, interesting uh, question. I knew a lot of fireys, so guys in the MFB and that kind of thing. My ex-wife's dad was in the MFP and you know, I ended up doing a lot of when I was a tradie doing a lot of aircon uh, work for them. So I met a lot yep. and I found with them they all had this uh, like a similar sense of humour mm. um, and it was kind of, kind of a dark sense of yep. humour but they all had it together yep. and, and it was a way that I saw to help them kind of process a lot of the stuff that they were exposed to because they'll yep. be first on the scene a lot see mm. people who committed suicide or been burnt alive and that kind yeah. of thing and that became kind of a, a way to cope is by having this you know, sense of humour because it would be so hard. Do do you find police officers had a Yeah, absolutely. You got that
2: the very black sense of humour, and you you, you know you, you have to, I suppose, sometimes make light of situations. Um, I don't know. I, I think since I've been out, um, my my perspective has changed. I haven't watched the news since November, since I left the police force. Mm. Excellent. Or current affairs shows. Um, it's just because you know it's just negative everything's negative and I just wanted to get away from that you know and he, once I left or when I, when I finished up you, you almost see the, you see things differently you treat people differently well I have anyway I think it's a combination in what way? I think you've got a lot more patience with people um, you tend to when you're in the police force your majority of your day is dealing with people you just want to deal with them and get out of there um, and now it's a bit more, hey, I've got a bit more time for people to have that conversation with people, and yeah. people sort of are more recipro- reciprocated as well. Like, I've had a, I remember I went, the other day I went into the um, a coffee shop in Mornington, and um, it's one I haven't been to for a while, but I used to go there a lot with my, with my daughter. And um, it was kind of an interesting experience because I just made the effort to have a conversation with the girl at the front counter. Um, when I was stuffing around with the F post that wouldn't tap, and then I said, Oh, thanks for that. And she's like, No, thank you. Thanks for your patience. And then I went and sat down, and the owner come out and he goes, how you going? I go, yeah, good, haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, 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 how's How's that? Yeah, good. And got my omelette come out and then he's like, come back out. How's everything? Everything all right? I'm, yeah, yeah, good, good. And it was just like this, and I sort of walked out and went, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Like that was a really nice experience Mm -hmm. as opposed to most people are in there. They don't want to speak to anyone. They're not interested. No one wants to have a conversation with anyone. Um, And I kind of walked out of there and went, wow, that was That was nice.
0: You feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So
1: because your perceptions change and you've changed, you're having different experiences and encountering. Yep. Yeah. I had the same thing when I left the army. I left the army bitter and twisted and dark sense of humour and you know because you got a there's an expression embrace the pineapple um, because it feels like every day you're getting a pineapple place where the sun don't shine (laughs) Um, so you just got to learn how to embrace it and. Yeah, you come I used to tell people, you know, when they'd say, oh, how's your time in the army?" I'd say, oh, it's fucked, don't go near it. It's just this, this, this. Years later, once I'd sort of healed from, from that, that experience, now it's a different story. I still don't say, yeah, go and rush into it. But I say it's, it was a really interesting chapter. It was an important chapter in my life. and mm-hmm. you know, So it's more neutral now than a, a full negative experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's funny how when you get out of that environment, how it sort of frees you up just to... Relax a bit more.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, you get better perspective on something once you're through the other side of it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so d- just tell us, uh, Glenn, maybe some of the mental health issues either you or other people you saw in the police force had to deal with. Like, I'm sure there'd be things like, you know, um, PTSD and that kind of thing from the things you guys would see. They're
1: probably undiagnosed, but PTSD as well. Well,
0: people, people don't know
2: what PTSD is. Yeah. Um, I think pe- it's you can get PTSD obviously you guys know but you can get PTSD from lots of different experiences traumas and all sorts of stuff in, mm. that happen in your life um, I guess my background going back prior to the police force I was in I had my own surveillance company for I don't know seven years I ran the surveillance company I was doing kind of high end surveillance for some companies and then I was in um, a, more of a, a local laws enforcement and then I went to um, work as an investigator for the state government, so I've always been in that sort of you know law enforcement type field, and it kind of going back from the surveillance stuff, it, you become very hyper vigilant in terms of with looking over your shoulder constantly, and you're always on on you know because that's your job, you're watching people, you're following people, so mine stems back right back to then, and then going into that, and then eventually going into the police force, and I guess for me the the first thing i noticed when i was starting to kind of almost i suppose lose the plot towards the end um was that hyper vigilance that was a big one for me i was always looking over my shoulder i'd hear a car backfire and i was like oh what was that um i'd go into a and then, and you know i still do it today i go into a restaurant and i'll sit so i can face the door mm. see who's coming in and um, I never want anyone sitting behind me and all that sort of stuff. And didn't you didn't
1: have to pop up in your psych evaluation, joining the force? Did no. They pick up no, it's you? fine, mate. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. Hey, what,
2: what, looking
1: back, what, what state of mind do you think you're in? What, where do you reckon your mental health was when you joined the police force?
2: It's probably on its way out. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Um, probably well on its way out. Mm. But it was, you know, I was de- determined to join Victoria Police because it's something I always wanted to do. Yeah. And that's probably the reason why I did it because you know, I wanted to do it when I was a kid and I did work experience in the police academy when I was in year 11 yeah. and okay. that's how far back. And then I applied the first time and they knocked me back and they're like, nah, you're not. I'm, you're not knocking me back. Oh,
0: I'm getting in. Just go
1: home and watch all the police academy yeah. movies. just yeah. to just <laughs> yeah.
0: training. So he rocked up in the chest, making noises. Whoa, like like <laughs> police academy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and it life. become
2: almost an obsession to get in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you know. And then when you do, it's like, oh, okay. And then you go into the police academy and you're like, oh, really? Is yeah. this what it is? And then a couple of years in, you're like, oh, okay. So probably the first three years, I probably enjoyed. And then it sort of slowly started to. Get more difficult, yeah. and obviously, as I said, combination of everything else that's going on in your life, and you know, it's a pretty stressful job to have when you, when you, everything's going good, um, but when everything's going bad, it feels like it's just compounded.
1: If you yeah, if you don't have that uh, a stable environment to mm. go home to and a, and a
0: supportive and a comforting
1: yeah, uh, yeah place, and then that hyper sensitivity is just stays it, doesn't
0: it yeah it does yeah and i mean that affects everything mental physical emotional health because you're in that fight or flight all the time yeah and so it's constantly just looking for what's going to go wrong and then a lot of cortisol in the body so yeah. you're kind of marinating in cortisol yeah for weeks months and years <laughs> <Percolating>. <laughs> just to- <laughs> well that's right and i
2: think what you're saying before nick is that mind body connection i suppose for me i had this attitude was oh well if i'm training I'll be fine yeah, and I think yeah. I said it to you when yeah. I first come and spoke to you I said mate I'm doing all the right stuff yeah. you know I'm meditating we, we, and we I'm picked up you were I'm training
1: you were um, co-dependent on it though
2: I was yeah. because I would trained to exhaustion until I was on the ground in a you know in a heap and I can't do anymore like I started doing you know these crazy grinding workouts for an hour and a half or two hours and mm-hmm. you know um, it wasn't until I spoke to you and you said well that's your, that's your cigarettes or that's your alcohol. You're, yeah. you're clinging to that. And I, was, and I was using exercise as a way to cope. Um, but it was funny because I also, it was my way out as well because I started to change the way I train and I looked into different ways to train and then that became, um, it, I, I sort of went off on these rabbit holes of mental toughness training and then that was it. It was like, what's this mental toughness training stuff? And then you go into um, something else, you look in, look at that and then you go into something like stoicism and then you go, well, what's this stoicism th- stuff? Um, so then you start reading all this other stuff and then I remember when I first um, come and saw you, Nick, the reason why I actually actually came um, to your office that day is because I was at the acupuncturist And uh, I saw one of your little flyers um, on there in their office, Mm. and it said it gave a little spiel on on you and it said Mindfit. And I just first saw that and went, That's a cool name, you know. Mm. And then I saw it doesn't quite spell it properly, though. No, I know (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: MY for my mind.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, But then in the little thing, it said, you know, um, that you were um, ex. army I think it was said and then it said principles in stoicism and Buddhism and I was like wow that's a really cool combination and then that really sparked my interest because I would had previously started looking into the stoicism stuff and um, you know trying to get my head around that because I was having some obviously dramas with you know stuff at home and you know I was trying to kind of educate myself and trying to I was trying to fix myself and I was trying to fix my relationships and I was trying to fix my marriage and you know I was doing everything I could to try and fix But like I said, I wasn't fixing the stuff that needed to be fixed. Mm. I was missing out on that bit. I think
1: what you really got at was plastering the cracks. Yeah. You know, and you did a great job of that. But um, because the pressure was still there and you hadn't learned how to manage the pressure and create some distance, that constant pressure, the cracks kept appearing until they got too
0: big. Yeah, Yeah, it's often this underlying stuff that oftentimes we're not even aware of. And so we have this underlying stuff that does need, tend to need a helping hand to address and a different perspective. But then we do all the maintenance stuff well. So, yeah, we do that. Yep. We're exercising, meditating. I'm doing my cold showers, all that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Which is like make good maintenance stuff. Mm. But the underlying stuff, like you said, is still causing those cracks. And yeah,
1: that foundation's still really wobbly, yeah. which is yeah. what we found with you. And that's yeah. right.
2: And I was doing all that, you know, and I was, you know, I was. You know, that was the same before. Then you go, oh, Wim Hof, yeah, cool. Just go in as hot, cold as water as possible and, and, you know, amazing. Loved it. It was awesome. But it wasn't – it was cold. Um, and um, – but, but, yeah, it wasn't until I spoke to Nick and, and, and had those – I guess I call them the whiteboard conversations because um, until it was written up on the whiteboard, I sometimes I didn't really get it. And his pictures were awesome, like his stick picture <laughs> – <laughs> I'm a better therapist
1: than an artist, all right? <laughs> you would hope so. You would hope so.
0: Um, but have
1: a, have a like, tell tell your version, and I'll tell my version of, of when you first came okay. in.
2: Yeah, all right. Um, so so you,
1: you're sitting you're sitting at the acupuncturist. Oh, the yeah. Out. So like, I was
2: at the point where, um, in terms of with the what we're talking about before, the work stuff, um, you know, and the combination of work. And I was at, at, at the end of my tether with with the with my with my relationship it was essentially breaking down um, and I didn't know why and I was trying to fix it and I was trying to save my family and and you know, i I didn't know if I could and and I was just I guess at that point where I just I didn't know what to do and I didn't know who to speak to and I didn't know and I, and I'd, I'd been. Previously, I'd gone to a GP and went, you know what, I don't, I don't need, I don't know what to do. I'm Really, I'm struggling. Oh, you're going, here's a, go and see this bloke, a counselor.
1: So on a mental health care plan or something. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And you, you know, you do the whole couple of things, and you're like, yeah, okay. And then a couple of sessions, and then by the third one, you're like, this, he's saying the same thing it's over and over. He's telling me the same stuff. I'm not getting anywhere with this, and then I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, no worries." And then you just think, "Oh, I'm, I'm okay," and then something else happens, and then something else happens. And I think with when I went and spoke to, I finally went to Nick. I was, I was at the end, end of the end of the road. Like I was at, like I was ready to. I, I was broken essentially. I, I was definitely broken, and then I, I didn't know what to do and what to, to to speak to. And and then I saw that, as I said, I saw the flyer, and and then I went. And it's not something I normally would do but I actually went out of my way to go there to his office. I didn't um,
1: even get a bloody courtesy call out. No,
2: <laughs> I just left, Lucky I left. Lucky <laughs> oh, yeah. and I playing golf. And again, that for me was something else that, it, uh, that, that just happens. It's almost like everything since then has almost just worked. Mm. Um, and, I, and I just rolled up to his office. And there was like this, just this office, and it wasn't really an office. It was just this.
1: No, you rocked it, into Prime, Rhythm, I? Did which is I, that's the, right. the place down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was just setting up for a launch night or something. Yeah, you were. And he rolls in, and yeah, sorry, go on.
2: Yeah, no, and I just said, uh, yeah, mate, um, I think I need to talk to you. And um, and you, Nick just looked at me and went, yeah, you, yeah, you do. And that was it. It was sort of okay. Well, let's um, let's have a chat and. Um, I guess from there, it's the rest. Oh, that was a year ago, wasn't it? We said yeah. before.
1: Well, we sat down for about half an hour. So I actually went into my office and mm. had a chat for about half an hour. And yep. Just to kind of understand. I was just like, no, as a, when I talk to people about you, because I think you're a great role model um, in how you've been able to go through that metanoia and that you know break down and then and then rebuild. Um, but it was akin to to imagine someone getting hit by a car. And then walking themselves into the emergency ward in hospital, and then just sort of collapsing on the floor, it, it was that was happening on, a, on a, an emotional level, on a mental level, mm. and,
0: and and you could see that because oh. obviously if he came in and said I think I need to talk to you, and you're like yeah you do, then you saw that.
1: Yeah, but sometimes people go I need to talk to you, and all they want to talk about is their problems. Where what Glenn was saying wasn't I need to talk to you, he was saying I need help. Yeah, and and he was he was. In, yeah, probably the worst shape I've seen someone.
0: Yeah. And so, Glenn, you said you were at the acupun- acupuncturist and then went out of your way to go and see Nick an straight away, which is something you wouldn't normally have done. No. Why did you take that action?
2: Something was telling me to do it. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know why, and I didn't recognize it then, and I, at the time it was just a, almost like a. Um, I felt like it always felt like a bit of an out of body experience. Even now we're talking about it, that I was standing there and, and looking at him and talking to him. And but I remember being there physically, but I don't remember. It was almost yeah weird feeling. Since then, I have kind of almost a lot of my decisions now are all based on how I feel, not based on how some how how someone else, it's going to affect someone else or how am I scared or, or any of those fear fear type stuff. I'll go on. I, I need to do this or it's an instinct or it's a gut um, and it's, it's it's worked out for me
0: yeah I this is a really important point to touch on because I think the more we listen to our body and those feelings over that stupid voice in our head yeah. the more we get led in the right direction because mm-hmm. like this voice up here it's like I read a book recently uh, written by Michael A. Singer, and he was saying just spend a day Spend a day just watching everything that your mind says and imagine it's not in your head but it's just a person sitting next to you and that's your roommate. Yep. And you're going to hang out with your roommate all day and just listen to what they say. Yep. And you'll get to the end of the day and go, this person's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it'll look at a situation then talk itself into it then talk itself out of it and then decide not to do it and look at yep. this and look at that. I think
1: we, we probably did that in a, a way with the whiteboard and, and I sort of reflect and unpacked what you were doing mm. and then we both sat, de- sat back and observed how irrational it was mm. and we, we started laughing it at it
0: sounds like a really similar yeah, then you do yeah. have a bit of a laugh at it because the funny thing is then we if this was an actual friend that we knew and a person it's like would you take their advice <laughs> like, fuck no I wouldn't take their advice this <laughs> he's, person he's an idiot he's <laughs> a maniac yeah that's right Yeah, that's what we do yeah, yeah. we take this thing's advice and yeah. it's all over the shop yeah so, yeah. yeah, important. So you guys uh, started working together sort of from that point? Yeah. Yeah, I
2: think um, – so I I think we had a chat initially and then I booked in to go and see him and um, and then it was, I guess, from there I, I got something out of every session. and. Um, so I've, what was
1: different about our sessions to the – Well,
2: I think right, you were edu- more educational based. Like you were trying to educate me on how to – live my life or get through situations as opposed to you know um oh, okay so yeah, tell me how you feel you know um
1: so instead of giving you coping mechanisms you know to do to cope with what was happening we sort of tried giving you some tools and resources yeah and i use. still
2: use the tools today I know i still get into situations today probably on a daily basis where i go oh yeah that's interesting um
0: and so I, that's one of the tools, isn't it? That's one yeah, of that's the tools, yeah.
2: Um, but it's more about just that um, stepping back and looking at it from a from a different perspective, or just for even that just that pause and just hang on, hang on. Um, and I think I've said it to you a couple of times, Nick. Um, I've got now I can I can self manage because I still get. Pissed off, and I still things still shit me, and I'm still going through stuff that annoys the shit out of me. I thought you were going to say puberty, then. Yeah, Still going through puberty. <laughs> just second, second round. round still going through puberty. Um, but yeah, I can, I can, I know, and I whereas I think prior to seeing you, I'd stew on stuff for days, and I'd be pissed off for days. And
1: you were very good at at, at holding on and remaining attached to things. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you remember the the first couple of sessions? First thing I looked at was how you were breathing. Yeah. And got you know, sort of close your eyes, hand on your chest, hand on your stomach, and he was very, yeah, very chest. Top, top thirds of the lungs Yeah, neck,
2: A lot of neck breathing going on there, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: so we had to get him breathing diaphragmatically. And then – I've done started, lots of work on that since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe. And then we had to do a lot of we, – we, the first couple of sessions for me was all about trying to stabilise that foundation – and so I remember we did that eyes closed guided meditation because yeah. you're a surfer. So we sort yeah. of used a surfing metaphor. Oh, similar to you. Uh, oh, it's oh, all tied together. Oh, you're yeah, not a surfer. That's oh, right. Oh, never yeah. done Yeah. yeah. Listen to the last podcast, people.
0: Is surfing hard, Glenn?
2: <laughs> oh, it's ridiculously hard. Yeah, there you go. Is it worth me taking up at no, 35 years no, old no, no. six-month-old kid? No. Of no, course okay, it is. Get on a long board. I would recommend snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so we, we got, I got Glenn to close his eyes and just imagine that he was out surfing but he was in a rip and what, what was the waves like? And you know, I was trying to get him to understand what was happening subconsciously and all that was coming out of that was he was stuck in survival mode you know head above water it was just one wave after another just dumping on him and we really had to sort of do a lot of that internal work to to get him um back where he was like uh, able to to stop and to think and to breathe and to. To do all these healthy things because it was just outrageous. yeah I remember that mm. I remember
2: doing that I think there might have been a couple of tears too there it yeah. was pretty um, pretty emotional from memory yeah yeah so, that, that
1: was that was a lot of healing happening yeah
2: but yeah, the breath I, the breath stuff for me now is massive I've, you know I've done a lot of my own research and stuff with the breath and and what kind know. of stuff have you done so I did recently did a course called the art of breath and um, there um, Brian McKenzie. His his company in in America, Power Speed Endurance. He travels the world and does a one day course where they spend the morning, half the day um, teaching you how to breathe and how it affects your 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 mind in your mental your mental state. And then in the afternoon, you do workouts in the afternoon and do certain breathing. Um, breathe different ways in during your training mm-hmm. and recovery breathing and all that sort of stuff. So, their theory is that your mouth is for eating and your nose yeah. is for breathing. So, yeah, heard that one. train, you know, and since I've done that, I've tried to do, do, I've done a few different workouts, just nose breathing, and you get about halfway through what you would normally do. Um, but your recovery is like as soon as you're finished, you've recovered, and
0: it's like, oh, I could do it again now. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so are you, are you, would you say you're a natural nose or mouth breather?
2: I think I'm a natural nose. Well, I wasn't, but I am now. And the last sort of probably, you know, since t- dealing with um, uh, Nick and um, researching breathing, um, I, I very rarely breathe through my
0: mouth now. Is that just something you have to consciously take control of? Or yeah, you do. Exercises that yeah, you've done? you
2: do. And it's just that being conscious of how you're breathing mm-hmm. um, and very diaphragmatic breathing as well. It's got to be from the diaphragm yes
1: but it's something you can practice all the time especially driving you got a seatbelt on it goes across your chest and across your abdomen if you can keep the strap across your chest still and just um, just push the
2: strap yep. across Yeah, that's a good one and yeah. just do basic belly breathing you lie on your stomach and you can actually feel your belly on the floor going onto the floor yeah um they call it crocodile breathing I or belly you breathing sh- yourself <laughs> you've got to be careful you've done it too well yeah um, but yeah that's yeah, no, massive massive yeah me. I've got
0: I, I've got the diaphragm breathing I've trained that well but I'm a massive mouth breather yeah and I'm just I don't know if it's an issue with my my nose or something but I've tried like even so just on the way to work just that commute I'll try and just breathe through my nose I've all sorts of trouble I've been trying to do it for like a year now as well hmm. so just yeah also I just feel it's, it's restricted S- I can't S- get serious
1: there. question did you ever take drugs nasally <laughs> God, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Serious answer. <Lots. laughs>
1: Do you think that may have affected it to some degree?
0: No, because I uh, have been a mouth breather since I was a kid. Right. Yeah. I, you, I know you, that because e- every morning I'll wake up and I've just been breathing through the mouth all night and dry mouth. Stile breath. Well, oh, you Going, going we didn't direction. have to go there <laughs> You can talk about the drug taking But not my bad breath <laughs>
1: If you watch a baby though It's really interesting yeah. That its, its stomach Is the only part of it To rise and fall And, and nasal breathing Yeah Exactly so yeah. I, wonder, I wonder where the shift happens They squat
2: good
0: too Babies They do really good squats Body oh, squats, uh, squats yeah. I'm watching my boy he, he, On his back He's got like both feet In his mouth <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so envious Of your adductor muscles And your hip joints my god Look at those hamstrings <laughs> Working yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah So I, I was been doing Some research Into uh, uh, a guy Eric Anders I think he's a Breathwork coach as well But he's he, I've nearly You ordered, order mouth tape Yep So at night You tape your mouth shut and have one of those things that like opens up your nose. I so. bought my
1: ex-wife some of that. <laughs>
0: Where'd you get it? <laughs> Bunnings. I, <duck> tape. <laughs> I Ted, Ted, Ted Bundy used to use that, I think. I couldn't leave that <laughs> hanging there. That was, that was, that was right for the Spicy meatball hanging out there. Out there. That was ripe. Uh, enough about my breathing difficulties. Um, I imagine, Nick, that... Glenn was a good one to work with because I feel like Glenn's the type of guy who if you give him some sort of tool or some task to do, he'll do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, anyone who's been through training, military training, police force, emergency services training is is usually pretty good to work with. Um, But Glenn was doubly good to work with because he was at rock bottom so he was willing to do anything, <laughs> basically.
2: <laughs> within reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, within reason. Um, no, but he was seriously, I was like, uh, and I've had it heaps of four people come in and like, oh, you're my last res- resort, or you're my last this, or my last... So there's almost that desperation of, mm. of I am open to anything. I'm open to, to doing... Yeah. There's no none of these boundaries that I have to get past, or none of this.
0: I think that's that's one of the reasons I asked the question about what made you take that action. Because I mean, yeah, it can be intuition, it can be some sort of sign from the universe, but also I think you're in enough pain that you're like, I've got to do something I maybe wouldn't normally do. Here. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think it's a combination of yeah. probably all that, and yeah, massive now on. On the signs and, and the intuition thing, and I'm Nick's
0: great marketing at
2: the actual background. <laughs> yeah, <that's> well. <laughs> but they're like, who? Well, I, we don't know who he is. But <laughs> they <laughs> just came and put him in the door. And <laughs> he ran never, off my he head. never said nothing to us.
1: Uh, but it was also he was already exploring sort of a lot of the yes. same the same thing. So he was already had a curiosity around it, and then I, you know, I think that when the student's ready, the teacher comes along. Mm-hmm. sort of thing and, and I'm not saying you know, I'm the, the teacher but I think Glenn was ready to to put himself in a position where he could learn these things and, and, and
0: how did life start to change after you started to learn a lot of this stuff what did you start to notice maybe in those first couple of weeks or months
2: I think um, the big shift for me was trusting my gut and I think Nick was just he said you, you, you've Got this far with trusting yourself, trust what he's saying, and I think there was one one big day where I was like, oh, just, "Mate, I don't know what to do." You know, I'm I'm at this crossroads. I'm like, I don't know where to go. This is a massive decision. I don't know what I'm going to do. And and he basically said, "Mate, you, you you know you know why you've got to this point, and just trust trust yourself." Um, and it was almost just back yourself, um, and it's. It's been massive for me now. I just, because I know up until, I guess, probably 12 months ago, well, it's been a big 12 months, but I can honestly say um, that where I'm at now, I, you know, people go, oh, geez, it was pretty, pretty full on. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I'd, I'd do it again.
1: Mm. To, just
2: because I'm, of where I'm at now. I would do it again to get where I'm at now. There was
1: so much up in the air when he came to see me in his life and and that has reduced to some degree. There is a bit more stability, but there's still um, a lot up in the air, still a lot of question marks out there. But he's gone from that reacting to it all and and needing it to be a certain way and trying to force it all to more. And that's the big thing is he's sitting in that trust and that self-belief and he's going internally and accessing those resources yeah. instead yeah. of going yeah. externally and oh what the fuck am I going to do and go into that fight flight
0: that we yeah, spoke it, about it
2: is self trust and I and I think I read a book recently which was a real real changer for me was um, uh, The Universe Has Your Back and I, I was just Gabrielle Bernstein yeah, yeah and I read it in one day I started reading and I went and I just read the whole thing yeah. um, and it was just that whole you know what if you put it out there
0: um, it'll, it, it all works out Um, And I think if you – when you trust yourself completely like that, then you've resolved the question mark that's in here. Yeah. So then any of the question marks that are happening out here in our life, they're fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I I came up with that in my work because of what my counsellor said to me. He goes, Nick, you you trust yourself completely. And I realised that that's what took me out of my rock bottom, you know, when I broke down and rebuilt myself was that sense of I do my best work outside of my comfort zone. I can – I will manage whatever comes into my existence. I've got these skills, these tools, these resources yeah. at my disposal. I just haven't been using them. Yes. And so now that I'm connected to them, I can handle whatever the universe throws at me. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: doesn't matter what comes my way, I have an inner knowing that I can handle this. Yeah. And you, you, you become sort of uh, invincible at that point. But you yeah.
2: almost, you almost chase it now. I'm almost at the point where I chase. Um, uncomfortable situations yep. I, I push I, I push myself to a point where to get comfortable being uncomfortable because I pr- I'd like to be in that position because it's almost like I'm testing myself but not only testing myself but I'm actually making myself like you said more invincible to when something else happens and I'll do that through training
0: mm. you know,
2: I'll push myself in training because then if another stressor comes out at me I'll go you know what no,
0: this is yeah. cool. It's it's your, You're expanding the boundaries of what's possible for you psychologically. Yeah. It's like if there was a paddock and the paddock was fenced off for a dog or something, say, right, and when the dog got up to the edge, it got a little electric shock. Hmm. Then the dog would run back to the middle of the field. Yeah. When we put ourselves in uncomfortable situations, when fear or self-doubt start to come up, it just means we're getting towards the edge of our own boundaries. Yeah. Now, if we can handle that little shock that we get and move past that, then the boundary moves out. Yeah. And we realise, oh, hang on, the confines that I was in isn't so small anymore. Yeah,
1: But that, that happens because it's you don't buy into your limitations anymore. You actually, you know, I'm not even conscious of my limitations in a healthy way. Like I still have limitations, obviously. But an example is working in Thailand at this... You know, world-leading five-star luxury health resort where the rich and famous go to, somehow I've got a gig there as a visiting practitioner. Now, in the past, without that self-trust, I wouldn't have even applied for it in the first place. But then if when, once I applied for it, I would have come up with all the reasons why I wasn't going to get yourself it. out of it. And yeah. then if I didn't do that, then I would have got there and been so anxious that I would have been completely terrible. But this time, it just seemed like a logical process for me yeah. to work there. Yeah. And, and now that. I'm there, it's just the most comfortable thing.
0: Yeah. I love that. Don't buy into your limitations. There's something you said, Glenn, before as well that uh, stuck out to me. You know when healing has taken place, when you're at the point where you say, all that stuff that happened, all the challenges and all that stuff, I'd do it all again because mm. it it'll get me here. Yep. That's how you know you're here. There's no regrets anymore. Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. Yep. And I, I honestly... You know, and Mum, my Mum said it to me. Oh, but that was pretty, you know, oh, pretty bad. And I went, yeah, but you know what? I said it's it's good, it's good because if I hadn't, because if I hadn't done that and hadn't gone through that, look where I would be still. And I've got, you know, the saying is that for me at the moment is oh, it could be worse. And that could be worse is I could be back in that position. Yeah. You know.
1: Remember, we had that conversation around. Um, when you're okay, everyone else gets angry and upset on your behalf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. funny because all of these conversations we've had, Glenn's gone out pretty much that day or a couple of days after and it's happened for him. Yeah. And so there's been all of this sort of work in the office and then he'll go out and the universe will go, oh, here you go, here's some validation mm. and... Yeah, it's, it's really sort of been like parking, of it. is it
0: like parking karma <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you're getting all your parking spots out the front now <laughs> yeah.
0: that is true though isn't it I like that it's like you stop worrying about a certain thing then other people will worry about it for you I like, oh that's <laughs> fucked I can't believe she did yeah. that to
2: you yeah, and you're just like sick of talking about it. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I'm yeah, like yeah, whatever. But it's I, I'm, so a, I'm, I'm at peace with it. I'm fine. <laughs> Why are you so pissed off? It doesn't affect you. <laughs> you should be pissed off. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and that's just people that.
1: aren't woke, mate. They're just not.
2: People aren't woke.
1: They're no. not hashtag no. woke. No.
0: Yeah. Glenn, what advice would you have uh, for someone listening who is maybe in a rough patch, or maybe, you know going through some challenges and that kind of thing is there anything maybe from your journey or your experience that you can pass on to someone else
2: i think um one probably self-reflection was was massive like look inside yourself because you know we can all be victims and we can all be you know oh, it's not my fault that this is happening to me but at the end of the day we've got to take responsibility for it completely and utterly and own it and say the situation I'm in right now is because of me. You know, there's other factors. Obviously, there's always other factors, but at the end of the day, the the only person that's going to change it is is you. Yeah. And, and if you're not happy, you know, change it. Yeah. Um, or, or you know, at least look inside yourself and say, well, what could I do better? What can I, could I f- change this situation? Um, and the other one for me, I suppose, is is a, that and. Real self-development stuff. So real self-improvement. You know, don't just think you're the, sma- you know, the smartest person in the room. Because if you are, then you, you need to get out of that room. You need a better room. <laughs> need to get it really <laughs> get out of that fucking yeah. room. No you that's
0: could. simple I like that. The first one you said. It's like you need to sort of catch yourself because yeah. a lot of us will be like, oh, well, I'm pissed off because fucking work's doing this. My boss is doing this. Oh, yeah. so i missus is doing this. Like it's the external yeah, thing. Yeah, it's it's cool. like if you can use that external when you say those things to yourself to go, oh, hang on. Hang on, turn back in. What, yeah. what can I change or make better here?
2: Yeah, and I think the people that are most toxic are the people that don't have that self-reflection. They don't have that ability to do that. And Nick, we've spoken about that plenty of times. It's just that. No, it's like
1: self-awareness is, is half of emotional intelligence and yeah. people
2: by and large have an ability
1: to recognise I'm not well, but there are you know, many people uh, that don't have it as well. So
2: Yeah, and, and those people, I suppose, they're always going to be the victim or the hero there's no in between they're going to be one or the other or both
1: I've got a I'm speaking at um, my industry association world conference in uh, September I think and the theme for that is bend or break Um, you know what is resilience and where does it come from and we we spoke about you know most of the work we were doing was cognitive training with you it was changing those cognitions and the ways that you're structuring your thoughts and everything and and you came in with a very rigid, yep, you know, th- way of thinking. It was black and white, right and wrong. You know, probably because of the work that you've been doing a lot of it. Yep. Um, and so once we sort of broke that down and made it more malleable, all of a sudden, Glenn had this room to move and to to think differently. Ah, oh, things. oh, that's just. It's not about me. That's just. Okay, I don't have to take it personally. Mm-hmm. And there was well, that, a lot more. Yeah, well, bam, that was that bam, was massive. Bamboo
2: that, in his thinking. That was massive. The taking it personally um, stuff because I'd be like, yeah, but you know, that's this is this happening to me. That's happened to yeah. me, not for me. You yeah. know, and I and you'd be like, yeah, but it's you got to understand where it's coming from. Mm. It's not if it wasn't you, it'd be it'd be someone else. Where it was actually being projected from. Yeah. Um, and now, my, it, when something does happen, I think of it as it's happening for me. Yep. Because how is this making me stronger? How am I learning from this? How am I? What lesson am I getting from this? What's what's a positive from this? Going oh, well, this is fucked. This where's, is where's the value in this? Experience. This is not working, and this is not ideal. Um,
1: For me, that's a sign of a, uh, an emotionally healthy person is when their autopilot is now okay. Where's, where's the value in this? Because life's going to happen to all of us. Yep. You know, it's all neutral uh, until we process it. And so, I think what Glenn's great at doing now is. Hitting that pause button doesn't go into those cognitive distortions, those unhelpful thinking styles. He just sits there and observes it, and he's like, right, okay, this may not be ideal, but there's some value in it somewhere. So he goes immediately for the positives. Yep. Yeah. Which, yeah.
0: Which then you, you're actually training your brain to then look for the value, as opposed yeah. to if I take it personally and complain, then I'm going to look for more things to take personally and yeah, complain well, about. Yeah.
2: And then you get out of that me- that negative mindset again, which I was in, you know, prior. was It just constant negativity. And when you're not thinking negative, you just you see the world in a different, whole different light. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's but a different, different filter. Yeah. You look at if reality. we took
1: a roadmap map of your mind's before and after, like twelve months apart, it'd be a completely different map, mm. you know, because the pathways is created are so polar opposites almost to where yeah. he was.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the brain will be a different neural network it's than that what it was. Annoying. What was I before? It'll be that L- MS DOS. Seven, and now I'm like Windows,
2: <laughs> blip, Windows blip, Seven, blip, or what is it? Blip, blip, blip. Commodore sixty four <laughs> yeah. with a dot the, the, v- <laughs> the VIC twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think he's done a
1: remarkable job, and uh, it's great to have him on today. Because, uh, as I said, I think he's a, a wonderful example of what yeah. someone can do 100%. if they put their mind to it. And It's probably a case of first in, best dressed. <laughs> oh God!
0: Before we wrap up, wrap and rack up. <laughs> you me <laughs> yeah, Fraud- up slip there. <laughs> uh, do we need to
1: have a talk after this, Ryan? Is that a red flag?
0: Could be a relapse in here. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, uh, Glenn. You mentioned, you know, The Universe Has Got Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. You also yep. mentioned a course you did with The Art of Breath. Is yep. there any other books or resources or anything throughout the last yep. uh, 12 months that have, that have stuck yeah, out for you? Yeah, there's
2: a couple, couple of massive ones. The, I was in Nick's office once and I, and he had the um, Way of the Peaceful Warrior on on his desk and he goes, I said, what's that like? He goes, oh, no, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> i just got it. It's boring. <laughs> um, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to get it. And I read that and, um, you know what, I just, it, for me, it was a game changer. Yeah. Like reading that, you know, going through that whole, you know, you don't have to be this tough dude to be tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that whole...
1: There, there, there's an external strength or an inner strength, yeah, isn't
2: there? Yeah, there is. And I and I loved it. And I think if anyone reads it and doesn't get anything out of it, then you're dead. There's something, <laughs> you're not well. you got to get something out of it. Um, but loved it. And then... The other one I read recently was um, a book called um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. Mm-hmm. And that was just that whole concept around, you know what, everything you do is going to be scary. It's not, a it's, you know, you've just got to see everything as, a, as an opportunity and, and everything that you've ever imagined is on the other side of fear. And that yep. massive, massive for me, the whole fear-based decision-making thing in my life now is I actually don't, I don't have any fear. I feel like I don't know what fear is I don't have it I don't it's not in my vocabulary it's not something it's not a fear now it's an opportunity
1: but you're not you're not walking out into the middle of a highway in front of oncoming traffic no, not so fear, you, yeah.
2: you've still got sense about you but yeah. it's
1: not that, that that anxiety isn't there right. anymore all.
0: Yep. yeah well I think there's there's fear of our physical self and fear of the psychological self yeah and the more we can break down the fear of our psychological self the more we can have these opportunities yeah So absolutely lovely. so what's,
1: what's life like for you now just in a, in a snapshot yeah you've it's awesome
2: um, yeah, I'm as I said, I'm in a in a really good um space in terms of just uh, I, I can look forward to things. Let me out,
1: let me ask, this, is life perfect? No, okay, so yeah. why is it so good then? Why is it awesome?
2: Um, because I could I feel like I can overcome whatever comes at me, mm. that's probably the best way to describe it. So, whatever happens, and then you know, like I said before, it's still stuff's still happening, like today, even this morning, and you know, I, I'm I'm trying to deal with stuff as we speak. Yeah. But um, something that I would have probably wouldn't have been able to deal with 12 months ago. I'm just I can just go, yeah, okay. Well, what's the best way to deal with this for me um, moving forward, and what am I going to get out of it, mm. rather than you know rather than going, oh, this is not going to work. Love yeah. It. Yeah.
0: Love it. Glenn, I've. Mm. thoroughly enjoyed hearing about your story here today and thanks I for having a me lot on. Of people will take a lot out of this
1: and we've only skimmed over the top like people probably won't get a deeper understanding of what glenn's been through and what he's had to face and overcome so um you know it's it's been a very surface level conversation because it had to have been but but yeah i mean i'm in constant awe of what Glenn and, and people like him can do you know, when they when they put themselves in a situation. Yeah, thanks, Wayne.
2: And, and, and look, I, I have I think I've said it to you before. I, I have a w- certain time certain conversations that we've had, and this, it might have been just a, a sentence or a uh, or something that we've spoken about, or might have been something you've drawn on the whiteboard. Um, I probably wouldn't be here in this position if if those conversations weren't had. Mm. And maybe I would have had them with someone else, mm. but I'm glad I had them with you mm. Yeah, okay, cool. when I did. Yeah, thanks, yeah. mate.
0: Yeah. yeah, This is what happens when us men can open up. Yeah. It's a bloody beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Pub. Let's go to the pub. and Get some, <laughs> see some tits. I think it's called vulnerability or something, isn't it? <laughs> vulnerability. With vulnerability and absolute <laughs> strength. Yeah. Uh, that is all for today's episode we've got another guest coming in next week Nico yeah one of your clients uh, guest yeah Jimmy's coming in he's going to be a lot of fun and yeah let us know what you thought of the episode shoot us uh, a message through Instagram or Facebook through MindFit or the Centre for Healing Uh, or even we have an email address don't we
1: yeah I think it's wokeblokespodcast at hotmail.com an old hotmail one
0: yeah yeah classic an old hotmail right. we'll see you all next time thanks again Glenn thanks thank you for tuning into the woke blokes podcast please don't forget to subscribe to the show also leave us a five-star rating we thank you so much and we'll see you all next time